welcome to the very first episode of Intentionally Out of Office. I'm so glad you're here. So why am I starting this? What's my vision? And why should you listen? It's been a couple of years now that a lot of people as a result of the pandemic have been reflecting on what matters to them. And I think the pandemic pressed pause in certain ways on life as we knew it. And whether your experience during the pandemic was really hard, so-so, actually not too bad, or you went through waves of change, those questions of what comes next and how can we live life in a way that is more like how we actually would like to live our lives is a question that is coming up in all sorts of ways from workplaces to uh, social conversations and family conversations. And so what are the things that might need to change and maybe might need to change as a little too strong there, but what do you want to change about your life? And so intentionally out of office is my blend of the importance of finding and doing work that you enjoy and being in a work environment that feels good to you and also exploring what else is there outside of work. It's taken me a number of years to get to a place where I do find fulfillment in the work that I do. And still, I still recognize and acknowledge and want to explore so much that is beyond the nine to five, so much when I'm out of office. Many years ago, pretty much 10 years ago now, in my mid-20s, I was faced with a question that I really never thought I would experience. Um, It was an unwelcome question. I didn't know what to do with it. And I was really unprepared. It was the question of, is this all there is? I had done everything that I thought I needed to do. I was ticking off the boxes in life. I had finished post-secondary studies. I was now working. I was in a good job, a well-paying job, a good company, but I felt really empty. And I started on this kind of rinse and repeat routine in life, waking up, going to work, coming home, eating, starting to watch things on TV, maybe doing a couple of other things, but that was basically it for the day. And it lacked fulfillment for me. It lacked a sense of where is this all going? And so getting more intentional in life and getting more intentional about how I spend my time has been something on my mind for a number of years now. So when this idea popped into my head about how being intentional during that time that you're not at work is so important to the quality of your life, voila, here is Intentionally Out of Office. So today 
I wanted to share a little bit about the pillars of the intentionally out of office philosophy, because really more than anything, it's a philosophy. I'm going to bring up ideas, ask you to get curious, see how it feels for you. Everything's an invitation. Take what's interesting to you and leave the rest. So thinking about intentionally out of office as a philosophy, it comes back to, yes, work can be great. It isn't always for everyone. And this is not the podcast that will help you figure out a better work situation. This is the podcast that will ask you to get just as intentional about your time out of office that in a way that, you know, you might already be very intentional about your time in office. You might have a plan for your professional life, your career, what you want to accomplish. And so what do you want to accomplish in that time that's out of office? And how do we get intentional about that? How do we start to set those boundaries, but also set expectations and identify what's most important and how to get to this new destination while you're out of office, which is really just a journey um, to knowing yourself more and to knowing what matters to you. So coming to the pillars of intentionally out of office and what you can expect as part of these episodes, different elements weaved into the conversations that I'll be having with others and ideas that I'll be bringing to you as well. Firstly, your time off is precious. I think we can all agree, especially as the years go on, that time is precious. I'll go back to this um, story. When I was in university, I had to do a mandatory microeconomics course. And I really was not a fan of both of the economics courses I had to take, but they were mandatory. So there I was and um, taking them, I believe, in my last year of university because I left them till the end. But I really enjoyed the professor who taught the microeconomics course. And she asked us a question about limited resources one day. And she said, what is a scarce resource that we all have in common? And no one really had an answer. She said time. And at 21, I got it, but I didn't really get it. Up until that point, my life had been on a pretty planned trajectory, definitely ticking all the boxes, taking all the courses that I was meant to take to get through the program that I was taking, to get the degree, to move on to the next thing, to then get a job. And time, yes, was a resource, but I didn't really think of it as a scarce resource. And so over the years, definitely... I've thought about time being precious, but also how precious our time off is. What do you think in especially the North American context, which is where I'm recording today, most people get a few weeks off a year and maybe a few holidays throughout the year that are government mandated. But if you think about just those few weeks if you're lucky that are paid that you get off a year, how do you use it? What's your relationship to that time? And that's really the main question for today 
that goes beyond the pillars is thinking about whether your time off and whether you travel or go on a local getaway or a walk through the woods or your neighborhood or on the beach. Are you using that time off in that mini travel experience, that mini experience as an escape or as a way to be more fulfilled or maybe both? Sometimes maybe it's not an escape, but maybe it's a moment to tune out from all the stimulation that is around you and your life and the world. And you just need to tune out with something. The question here is whether you can be thinking about that time in a way that you could create more feelings of feeling good and not having this sense of, oh, the weekend's over and I really need a weekend after the weekend or the dread that comes at the end of a vacation and whether it's just the end of that experience happening or the negative anticipation of being back in the office or being back in your work schedule. How can you create and structure your time in a way that helps you feel fulfilled rather than you need to escape from your life. And for sure, I go back to times when I was in that first professional role in my mid-20s and I totally used travel as an escape. I was living in Toronto. I had never expected to be living in Toronto It was not somewhere I had intended to live, wanted to live, and travel was my escape. I figured out that I was in a good job, but I wasn't really in the right job for me, but I didn't really know what to do about it because isn't this everything that I had been working for? So better just figure out, you know, all the things you want to do outside of work. And so the weekends and the long weekends became some sort of escape for me. I would often go on weekend trips to different cities and it would feel really good in the moment to be there and to be exploring. But for sure, there was this feeling of, and now I'm coming back to my life. So how can travel and the time that you spend when you're traveling be time that from before you go, before your weekend starts, before your vacation starts, all the way to when you get back and you're back in your everyday life, how can you use that time and feel fulfilled like on an ongoing basis? My first experience with feeling that sense of fulfillment on a more regular basis was when I took a trip to Australia was my first solo trip um, once I had started working at 25. I didn't really know what I was going to Australia for, but I knew I wanted to go on a trip that was far away and it was far. Sydney was far from Toronto and I knew I loved the beach and I wanted a new experience. And so I got to Australia. I got to arrived in Sydney Uh, went through a ton of different emotions on the plane there thinking 
this is crazy to this will be great to what am I doing? And ultimately landed on the lovely advice or maybe comment that a close friend had shared saying, you know, at worst, you're only 14 hours away. And so in Australia, that was really the time when the yes moment started to show up for me. I remember just before um, New Year's, I was standing outside in a back garden, looking up at the stars. I was in summer clothes in December for someone who lives in North America. That's a pretty sweet deal. And I was in awe looking up at the stars and just being like, wow, this feels good. This, this quiet moment in my life looking up at the stars seems to have way more significance and feeling and meaning than I would have ever expected. And so there's an invitation there to think about how much we live in the mind versus the body and how in our day to day in that nine to five or in your work, there's so much activity in the mind. And for sure, that's how we move things forward. But those moments to tune into the body will create moments of greater fulfillment and lead you to be like, oh, this feels good to me. This is a yes for me. I want more of this. I like more of this. And just getting to know yourself a little bit more. Number two, there's no one size fits all. Knowing what's important to you is something, a journey that is uniquely yours. And it's also super interesting how it changes throughout stages of life. So something that was important to me 15 years ago might have changed. Some things haven't changed, but some things have. And I think allowing ourselves that sense of self-compassion and acceptance that you change, people change, and just like there's no one size fits all for knowing what works for you for the best experience of time off, there is also no one size fits all likely for your life. And so how do we listen to more of those yes moments? And the opposite of the yes moments can be the no moments. Those moments when you're like, uh, absolutely not. This is a hard no. I would never do that again. I don't want to experience that again. Those are important too. But in that moment or in moments that you have that are quieter moments, whether you're alone looking up at the stars like like I was, or you're sitting on the couch with your kids and they're sleeping, or you're out for a walk, or you're looking out at this beautiful landscape, something that you have longed to do on a vacation it's in those moments that we start to get a sense of what makes the most sense for us right now in our lives. And I think that is a cultivation of self-trust that is also built in the process. It's coming back to this sense of you knowing what's best for you right now. And no one else can tell you, no one else can tell you that, gosh, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I knew that so long ago. But that has been such a life lesson, cultivating that self-trust and knowing that we have such power 
in the choices we make, one small choice at a time can really lead us on different journeys. And it might seem trivial, but sometimes I think of what's the difference between having a glass of wine or drinking a cup of tea? What's the difference between having chocolate or eating an apple? What's the difference between sitting and watching Netflix or going out for a walk? What's the difference between going to a place and staying in one town for your whole time away or going to many different places? Again, no wrong or right, just different choices. When we get aware of why those choices matter to us or maybe what's behind those choices, then we become really powerful in knowing ourselves and knowing what matters to us and why. Because in each of those options that I shared, they're all different ways to experience life. And we have lots of options. It's all about what makes the most sense and feels the best to you. Pillar number three, being open to possibility and staying open in that possibility. When I think of intentionally out of office and and this idea of being open to possibility and being open to how good could it get and what else that's amazing could happen, it's, it feels really exciting because that's the possibility for our lives. And that is 100% the possibility for your time off. Whether you're taking time off and you're going on a solo travel experience or you're planning a family vacation or you're really excited about this group trip that you have been waiting to go on now because of the pandemic, there's so much possibility there. And so get curious about leaning into that possibility and and what it would mean for you to stay open to that, to not default to what you maybe always do or what you have traditionally done. And that goes back to this whole notion of people reflecting on what matters most to them and what do we want to maybe not return back to but what do we want the next chapter of our lives and and the lives of those we're in community with to look like but also to feel like and possibility just feels so good it really does one thing that came up to share was from something I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago now where I shared a question with some photos about what's your favorite thing about traveling by yourself and what's your favorite thing from traveling with others. And I loved seeing, I loved seeing the responses and I also loved (laughs) feeling the sense of, oh, I'm not alone. In that, especially for one that really surprised me, probably really shouldn't surprise me, but a lot of answers that I received for what's your favorite thing about traveling on your own was freedom. And 
I had had this conversation with a friend more than a year ago now because he was asking me, he was asking me questions about how I can go away for weeks at a time by myself. (laughs) And he really found this so quizzical and wanted to know what I did and how I spent my time. And don't you get lonely? Don't you get bored? And for me, gosh, I could do like, I could do a lot of different podcasts on solo travel, but for me, there's such freedom in having wide open possibility for when I'm traveling alone. I know this is not an option for everyone at (laughs) different stages of life, but this is to say that the freedom that comes with being able to follow those moments of joy and being in joy and meeting others and being like, yes, I want to continue the day with this person or go try this food with this person when you didn't even know that food existed. Wow. Like what possibility is there when it's not truly solo? Like I'm not walking around by myself and not interacting with others, but it's the freedom that comes from having no expectations from people who are already in your life. And I think there's also... Well, actually, I know there's also a way around that in terms of traveling with people that you do enjoy and you do love and you do want to travel with and managing those expectations and having those conversations before you are away on your time off to still have that sense of freedom and possibility within that experience, even though there's a lot more how would I say that? There's a lot more riding on the experience. There's a lot more, you know, you're, you're, you're both coming to the experience with expectations. And because you have an existing relationship, those expectations matter versus if you're on your own and you just happen to meet someone who you're enjoying spending time with, there isn't an expectation that you'll even see them tomorrow. So it's really easy just to be more so in the moment and to be open to that possibility. My challenge for you is to think about how, whether you're alone during, you know, a a walk to get a coffee or a walk to pick up lunch or reading a book or you're with others at a beautiful dinner or going to an event, what's possible for that time together? What do you most want for that time together? And how do you most want to feel? That is one of my favorite questions. So drop into the experience and know that your experience will likely be different from from other people's. And that's totally fine. So as I said All of this is an invitation. I am so excited to kick off this podcast with lots of sharing around what brings us more meaning and fulfillment during time off and hearing stories from other people who 
have shown up in my life and have really been examples of taking intentional choices when they're out of office, whether that means creating a boundary between their professional life and the choices that they make in their personal life, or whether that means how they craft experiences for others and help them be intentionally out of office. Ultimately, intentionally out of office is an invitation to think about how amazing this gift of life is and how to really embrace being intentionally out of office. So where do you want to start? My suggestion, believe it's possible. Believe that feeling like your time off can be meaningful and help you feel more like how you want to feel in life. And if you don't know how you want to feel, it's just more of getting a sense of how you want to feel. Keep it simple. Don't make it too complicated. I can be the queen of that. And just start with one action. So thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. And until next time, take good care. Mm -hmm.